Hello and welcome to the NZ Ahead podcast. I'm Liz and today I'm going to be chatting to Adam. Adam is a member of our private NZ Ahead community and he moved to New Zealand to Taranaki actually, he's a neighbour. He moved to New Zealand last year from the USA. The reason you are going to love this show is because Adam is a type 1 diabetic. So before he moved over, like most people in the USA who are used to private healthcare, he wanted to know everything there was to know about the New Zealand healthcare system. And what better way to find that out than to jump right in and discover it all for yourself. And the brilliant thing is, is he is going to be sharing everything he's learned and experienced in his own words, straight from the horse's mouth to share with you today. So if you are moving to New Zealand and you have so many questions about the healthcare system, which obviously you're going to have, this is a show for you. We dive into so much depth about everything from hospitals to prescriptions to the GP system to ambulance rides. You're going to hear it all. So just sit back and thanks so much to Adam for joining me on this podcast and for sharing all your wonderful knowledge. Cut it, cut it, cut it. the NZ Ahead podcast. Everything you need to know about moving to and living in New Zealand. There's a whole world here. So nice to be with you again. We call Aotearoa around here, bro. Uh-huh. You'll be right. We are your hosts, Liz and Brian. Amazing New Zealand in the southern seas. See, that's where I belong. That's home. to the podcast. So excited to have you with me this morning. <laughs> yes, I'm delighted to talk with you. If we just smile, we can pretend that we haven't actually just spent the last half an hour dealing with a really annoying echo on our audio. <laughs> We're going to be very professional and just keep going. <laughs> yes, yeah, so nobody needs to know about this no, except us. they don't. Exactly. It's our little secret. Adam, we have got so much to jump into in this episode. You are going to be talking to us extensively about the healthcare system in New Zealand. So I am going to waste no time. I'm just going to ask you to jump straight in. Tell me who you are, why you're in New Zealand. My name is Adam and my family, my wife and my little three-year-old migrated to New Zealand in July of 2022. We primarily moved here just because the, the culture in the U.S., it was just getting to a point where we just didn't want to raise our little girl there. And New Zealand is just a haven for raising little kids, especially. I mean, it's a wonderful place. They can be free. They, you don't have to worry about any of this safety issues or anything like that that we do in the U.S. And my wife actually works at the hospital. So she's involved in the healthcare system, sort of multiple dimensions. I also have type 1 diabetes. I, I have since 1986. It's, you know, it's a longstanding chronic illness um, and that was one of my greatest concerns moving here was, you know, will I be able to find medicines that I need for my disease? I also wear an insulin pump and a continuous glucose monitor. People that have diabetes will, you know, generally be familiar with that. But basically, it's a bunch of specialized equipment. I was unsure prior to our moving here how I could get it. Would I have to pay for it? Would it be expensive? Will I be able to, to get all the medications that I'm on? several different types of medications. And then, of course, more broadly speaking, we don't really know. You know, the, the U.S. doesn't have a healthcare system. We have more of a healthcare market. Everything is private. 
with a few exceptions, older people have uh, at 65, you get a certain amount of funded healthcare from the government. You know, veterans who are injured, they receive a certain amount of, of care for their related injuries and prisoners. <laughs> Those are the only sort of classes of people that have, and and people who are really, really poor have some subsidies also. What but about generally, kids? they get anything? What about kids? Yeah. Oh, no. Really? No. Oh. No, not not at all. Um, oh. you know, there's it's a, there's also a patchwork. You know, certain city, you know, a bigger city might have a free clinic that you can go to. And I've had to use free clinics to get my insulin at a, a couple of times in my life, but that's not a universal network. It was just I was lucky enough to live in a big city in Los Angeles that had a free clinic system and for that period of time where I didn't have health insurance, I was able to get my insulin there. So yeah, and so in the US, there's when you have a chronic disease, there's a certain level of underlying stress that you always have because the health insurance comes from your employer. If you're self-employed or you have lost your job, you lose your health cover and to pay out of pocket is generally way too expensive for anybody other than super wealthy people to be able to afford. Mm. So it puts a lot of people in really tenuous financial situations um, where they have to ration their insulin, for example. That's a big that's a big thing that has gotten a lot of media attention recently and has been behind the push to um, bring down the cost of insulin. Because a bottle of insulin, which lasts for a couple of weeks in my case, can cost as much as three or $400 in the US. Whereas in New Zealand, a bottle of the same insulin, the exact same insulin costs about 50 New Zealand dollars. So even if, even if you don't have health cover, you're still saving a lot of money just buying it cash at the pharmacy, mm. which is again, the, you know, the huge difference between the two systems is there's no price control in the US. Everything is incredibly expensive because everything is private and everything is paid for by private health insurance and people generally pay a small fraction of what the actual cost of the treatment is if they have health coverage. So can I just jump in before you go any further? Let me just, I just have to get my brain around this because I know nothing about the US healthcare system. So this is fascinating to me. But I just want to say that the reason, one of the reasons I wanted to chat with you on the podcast today is not only are you coming over from the US to New Zealand, but you are type one diabetic. And it was always a concern of yours about, you know, getting your medications and things like that, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But also since you've been in New Zealand for the last year and already you've taken your daughter to Medicross and you've been to a trip to a hospital with a head injury. I should have said this at the beginning you know, you are a wealth of walking healthcare information for New Zealand. <laughs> so that's why I'm having you on this show. <laughs> so um, yes, let, let's, let's, okay, let's, let's start from the very beginning. So I think the thing that most people that are coming from the US to New Zealand will want to know is what do I do? Where do I find a doctor? Everything is focused through the GP, the family doctor. You don't go straight to a specialist like many people can in the US. Everything is focused through your GP. So the first thing you do when you get here is you have to find and enroll in a GP medical clinic that is accepting new patients. Depending on where you are in the country, that can be harder or easier. You know, Taranaki has a, is having a problem with GPs um, coming here. And so it's, it can be difficult to find a GP that's accepting new patients. How but long did it take you to find one when you got here? How long did it take you? 
Well, there was one clinic in Oakura where you live that was accepting new patients. Whatever, well, really. And that's, <laughs> that's why we're we're always we live on the other side of town, but we're in Oakura quite a lot because that's where our doctor is. Yeah. And uh, they were the only one, and then they stopped accepting patients. We we actually enrolled with that particular clinic before we qualified for funded healthcare in New Zealand. And we can get to that later, but because we were worried that they were going to close down and then we wouldn't have anywhere to go, we'd have to drive an hour to the nearest town that would have a clinic that was taking new patients. It's gotten a little better. I checked recently. There's a central website, HealthPoint, that you can go to, which will show you all the doctors in the area, all the specialists, all the GPs, and then there's a little box you can tick that says, you know, accepting new patients. So you can regularly visit the HealthPoint website and get a you know comprehensive list of of that. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. But before yeah. you arrived in New Zealand, though, Adam, let me just say, you, so you lived in Los Angeles, you said, didn't you? We arrived from Portland, but we lived in Los Angeles for 18 years before uh, we lived in Portland for six before coming to New Zealand. And how long have you been diabetic? Since 1986. Since 1986. And did you have private health care in America, in the US? It, generally, we I had health insurance either through my job or through my wife's job. Right. Okay. Um, there were, but there were periods of time before I met my wife where I didn't have a job and I didn't have health insurance. Those are the times where you really scramble as someone with a chronic condition because you don't know. There's so much uncertainty. Yes. Um, and it adds a lot of stress to your life because you don't know. You can't afford four hundred dollars for a bottle of insulin. I mean, not just one, but several, because you need several per month. Yeah. You know, forget about the other stuff because any other medications you may be taking are going to be secondary to the insulin because that's critical to survival. And and again, it's not only if you don't have a job, but if you have a I mean, you have your own business, there's no public health care. So you have to pay for your own. And of course, paying for your own insurance is wildly expensive. I mean, the policy that we had with my wife, we could have continued after she left I and mean, we weren't going to because we were coming to New Zealand but there's a law that says when you leave your job or are fired you can continue your existing coverage but you have to pay for it entirely and it was I think about 2600 US dollars a month wow which is you know that's a mortgage payment of course it is yeah. so so you've lost your job you have no income and if you dream of moving to New Zealand then you are going to love what I'm about to share with you 12 years ago, when me and Bri emigrated to New Zealand, we were scouring the internet, trying to find any information that we could about what our life would be like when we got here. And basically all we had was YouTube. So we made this vow. We said, when we get to New Zealand, we're going to create something that we can share with others that answers those questions that you're so desperate to know about, like what is your life going to be like when you get here? And that's what I'm here to offer you today. We have created a five-day free, absolutely free video guide that shows you what it's really like to live in New Zealand. This stuff is unique and it is fabulous. You are not going to find it anywhere else on the internet. And like I say, it's absolutely free. You'll be sent a video every day for five days and you will know what it's like in New Zealand. So head over to the website. It's www.nzahead/free. One more time, that's www.nzahead/free. You are going to love it. That's a mortgage payment. 
course it is. So, so you've lost your job, you have no income, and now if you want to keep your health insurance, you have to pay, come up with a mortgage payment every month. It's, so let me, let me just get this correct then. Before we move on to you coming to the GP in El Cora that's got lots of room because I'm never ill. Before we move <laughs> on to that. So if you live in the States and you've got diabetes that if you're not treated, you will basically die, won't you? If you're poor and you haven't got any money and you and you need this medication, how do you, what happens there? What, what, ha- what, what do you do? Well, there's a program in the U.S., for the very poor people, if you're really, you know, serious financial problems, if you're a single mom with several kids and you're earning a minimum wage income, like really poverty line, yeah. there are social insurance programs that you can sign up for. Okay. But in general, if you're not impoverished, if you're just don't have a job and don't have a lot of money, I, you know, I actually reached a point where the unemployment payments that I was getting disqualified me. I was earning too much income from my unemployment payments to be able to qualify for any sort of um, subsidized care. The whole system, and it's fragmented, it's state by state, and it's a, there's no sort of comprehensive system. So that's, so that's the state that people with chronic disease find themselves in constantly because, you you know, and you're always worried if I lose my job. So people stay in jobs they hate just because they need the health insurance. The healthcare, yeah. And again, sorry, I just, I know know I'm holding you back from telling me your story about New Zealand, but because you're part of our membership community and I used to hear you talk about it a lot. What was it that you were worried about the most about coming to New Zealand with your, with diabetes? What was the one thing that you were really, really worried about? There's just the uncertainty of not knowing how am I going to get my insulin? How much is it going to cost? How do I get my insulin pump supplies? Will they, will I be able to continue getting my insulin pump supplies? How will I get my continuous glucose monitor? Will I be able to, how much is it going to cost me? Like all of these are questions coming to a new country that you have no idea. And it's, it's scary. So I just started making phone calls. I called the diabetes service at the hospital. I spoke with one of the diabetes educator nurses there. I called Diabetes New Zealand and spoke with some, you know, really helpful people. Each person sort of gave me a little segment of the broader picture, but nobody actually gave me the full picture of everything that I would need to do. So that's what I'm hoping to do here is help people to understand a broader picture of what to do, how it works. So go back to now you're going back to your GP. What happens then? Just tell me. So yes. So the first thing that, the first thing that happens is you have to register with a GP. That's the key that unlocks everything. Find a GP register or, or what do they call it? Enroll. You have to enroll with a GP, right? And then when you enroll with a GP, it gives you lower prices. You're not considered a casual patient. So basically broadly the way it works, the GP is the only person that you pay money to. Generally, you see your GP, and any subsequent services that the GP refers you out to, whether it's lab work, you know, blood work, um, they send you off to a specialist, they send you to the diabetes service, they send you for diabetic eye exams. All of that is completely free. I pay $58 to my GP every time I see them, basically. That's it. That's the extent of how much it costs. Um, there's going to be people out there who are going to say, oh, but you pay higher taxes. I don't think that that's really a viable argument because we do pay slightly, the the tax bracket is slightly higher. I think it's maybe 35 instead of 33% where we are, but it's one chunk of money that comes out from the paycheck and that's it. There's in the US, you have little line items for everything. You have a line item for health insurance premium, 
a line item for dental, a line item for vision, a line item for unemployment insurance, a line item for social security, life insurance. Like there's all of these deductions that come out. And if you consider that part of the taxes, you're paying way more in all of those little nickel and dime things. When you add that to the tax, the, 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 the actual tax that's taken out, it's way higher than what we pay in New Zealand. Mm. So it's a bit of a false argument there because everything is covered. You know, there's no extra costs in New Zealand. You just, you pay your taxes from each paycheck and that's it. You pay, I pay $58 to the GP. And then what happens is the GP referred me out to the diabetes service, which is at the hospital. The way that works is the GP, when anytime the GP refers you out, They'll refer you out to um, a specialist or the diabetes service or whatever. And you have to wait because the diabetes service will say, okay, we're, we received your the request from the GP. They can accept or deny you. That's a possibility in this system. Um, obviously, as a type 1 diabetic, they're not going to deny me. And then they triage you as how urgent is your case. So in my case, you know, I need my diabetes supplies quickly. They knew that they couldn't delay and they put me on as an urgent patient. And so I got in there, I think within two weeks, Right. spoke with an endocrinologist, the endocrinologist at the diabetes service at the hospital took, you know, I spent an hour, hour and a half with the guy. He took my whole history and he's the one that, that had to put in the order for my insulin pump authorization. The GP can't do that. It has to be done by a specialist. So that's what happened. He, he puts in the, they call it a special authority. The special authority, it's basically a bunch of little boxes they have to tick that says, are you a type one diabetic? Yes. Okay. If so, go on to the next question. Um, you know, how, what is your control? Like he just goes through a bunch of prefab questions, like a little flow chart. And as long as you tick all the boxes and get to the bottom, congratulations, you get an insulin pump funded. And what that means in reality, because there's people in the U S that are saying, well, how much is it going to cost? What's your copay? What's your, cause that's how private insurance works in the U S it's very rarely covered at hundred percent in New Zealand. It's covered at hundred percent. There's no extra copay. Well, I do want to say prescriptions technically cost $5 mm. and my insulin pump supplies are technically a prescription. I have to pick them up at the pharmacy. But most well, there's a lot of pharmacies that waive the five dollars. Yeah, I was going to say go to Chemist Warehouse or Bargain Warehouse, whatever it's called. They don't charge, do they? Yeah, and count down the pharmacy if they don't charge. Even though it's a lot of the little community, Maryland's pharmacy doesn't charge a copay mm. uh, with a five dollars. So you know, prescriptions are effectively free in New Zealand, including insulin pump supplies. Before um, you go, can I ask a question? I'm putting my hand up. Look, I feel like I've got a. <laughs> Please. Yes, uh, yes, Liz, in the, in the back. Anyone else? <laughs> right. Yeah. So that hour and a half that you spent with the, what's the name? On, on college? The endocrinologist. Endocrinologist. Yeah. That hour and a half cost you nothing, did it? Nothing. Right. Nothing. Okay. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, second question, and you might be covering this in a minute, but did you arrive to New Zealand? What visa were you on? And do you need to be on a special, a special visa to be able, in order to get this healthcare, this free GP S- so yes, yeah, so the so the requirement is that you arrive on a visa that's two years or longer. Right. So our situation, I I don't want to bog down the details with this. Our situation was a little bit different because we arrived when the borders were closed, and we did not arrive on a two-year visa. The, the border exemption visa was one was a one-year visa. So there was a period of time where our our long-term visa was being processed that we did not have access to funded healthcare. Right. So we we've experienced it 
from both sides now. And we did have to take our little girl to the urgent care clinic before we had funded healthcare because she had a she had a fever. So basically what that's like, we didn't have a GP. There is an urgent care called Medicross. Is this, for, the, is this for your daughter this now? This is for my little girl. Yeah, yeah. my my three, three-year-old. How long had you been in the country when this happened? Oh, maybe a month or two. Okay. Took about, well, I think it took two to three months for them to finally sort out the long-term visa. And once the long-term visa was sorted out, that's when I when I saw the GP who we had enrolled with previously because we didn't want to lose our spot. We I saw the GP. He referred me to the diabetes service. I saw the endocrinologist. Like like that got once we got the funded healthcare that the visa the right visa, which in our case is a three-year work visa, that unlocked the doors for everything. Okay. Prior to getting the visa that qualified us for healthcare, I had to see the doctor. And my little girl had to see the urgent care. When I saw the doctor, this was for an immigration visa health exam. I paid the casual patient price because I didn't have funded healthcare yet. And it was $75. Yeah. That was for an exam and they needed extra, some extra details from a doctor. So I paid $75. The subsidized cost is 58 for someone of, of my age. Okay. Um, I mean, you would pay several hundred dollars in the U.S. to just to see a doctor in clinic if you don't have insurance, really. How quick did you get the appointment? Uh, within a couple of days, I think. Sometimes I've had to wait, you know, a week. It kind of depends. They triage based on how urgent you are. For little kids that are sick, they tend to keep spots open and squeeze squeeze people in. Um, I think now is probably a good time to say children 13 and under are completely free. Healthcare is completely free for them. That's so fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, it's there's you never, ever have to worry that your child, you know, you were asking before, what about children in the U.S.? Well, you just don't have to worry. It's it's just one of the many parts of living in New Zealand where you can just kind of close your eyes and just like exhale. (laughs) You know, it's just another thing we don't have to worry about. Um, That's there's a there's a slight caveat to this. The urgent care clinics are. private they're they're i think i'm not quite sure how they fit into the public system but you do have to pay a minimal fee of twenty dollars if you take your child in during sort of monday through friday uh, until five or six i think app on weekends and after six you have to pay they're free right so so i I think the idea is when if you can't bring them to the gp you can bring them to the urgent care clinic and it's it's free because you don't have the option of going to the GP. But if you do go during GP hours, it's $20. We did have to take our little girl to the urgent care before we had funded healthcare. And the cost was 130. Again, these are all New Zealand dollar figures. The cost was about 130, which we had by a way reimbursed with our travel, by our travel insurance. Mm -hmm. we, We still had our travel insurance at the time. But again, 130 New Zealand dollars, which is, I don't know, maybe 80 US dollars. It's nothing compared with what you would pay for an equivalent. And by the way, even her, the prescription that she was given was free, even though she didn't qualify for funded healthcare. Mm-hmm. It's just the pharmacy, it benefits just free for children, whether they qualify for funded healthcare or not. Let's go back to your diabetes then and finish off there. So you've checked all the boxes now. And so yes, uh, so yes, so I, I've got so the 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 endocrinologist at the diabetes service is the one who authorized my di- my insulin pump supplies. They kick me back to the GP to basically do everything else. So my GP provides prescriptions for 
insulin, oral medications, basically everything else that doesn't require a, a you know a special authority. I will say that they do send me back from this point on the diabetes service. I could check in with them every few months, every six months and be seen by a diabetes nurse educator. I don't think that they're used to the same. You don't see the endocrinologist. You don't see specialists the way that you would in the U.S. because they're a really limited resource and they need to be there for the people that need them the most. So, you know, I needed him to establish my diabetes therapy, but now it's pretty much managed by nurses. I just had a phone consultation, my first follow-up phone consultation. It's about six months later, sent her my blood sugar reports. We're going to talk about that in the, the following uh, days. There's an ongoing blood test you need to get done as a diabetic called an A1C. She basically sent me a, a, an authorization form that I can bring to any lab, either the lab at the hospital or there's a private lab. It doesn't matter. You, I just bring the form and every three months I can get this test again at no cost. Right. It's all free. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't have to go to the, my GP and pay $58 every time I need an A1C test. I just take it directly to the lab and I can get it done. So your insulin, is that on like a repeat prescription? Is that, is that so right? yes. Yeah. So the insulin, the insulin is on a repeat prescription. So the way it works here, um, similar to the U S is they, they fill it in 90 day blocks. Unlike in the U.S., in the U.S., the pharmacy will just call the doctor and say, "Hey, can I have a, can I have a repeat fill for this?" It doesn't work that way. You have to call the doctor yourself, and our doctor's office actually charges fifteen dollars to do uh, prescription repeats. It's kind it's of a new thing. Mine charges thirty. Oh, are you oh, kind okay. of lucky there, Adam? Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know that. They, yeah. they just introduced that in January. So I don't yeah. know how, I didn't know how common that that is in New Zealand. So every 90 days, I need to call them up, say, hey, I need my repeat prescriptions done. They send me a bill for $15. And, um, uh, or, you know, I see the doctor, if I need to see the doctor for some other reason, um, they'll just fill it as part of the, you know, the $58 I paid as mm -hmm. part of the visit. All of that is really easy. I, I do want to say there is one medication that I take. It's an oral medication. I don't need to, to get into the detail. Well, I mean, maybe some people who are diabetics might want to know. It's called impagliflozin or Jardians. Mm -hmm. That particular drug is intended for type 2 diabetics, and I'm a type 1, but it's worked really, really well for me. I've been taking it for over 10 years. That requires a special authority, and I don't meet the special authority criteria because the special authority says you need to be a type 2 diabetic. So immediately, I'm disqualified. Now, it doesn't mean I can't buy the medication myself. I can self-fund it and buy it at the pharmacy. It's just not funded by okay. Phar Pharmac, the organization that makes these determinations. If it were funded, I would get it for free or $5. Instead, I have to pay $83 a month for that particular medication. It's very expensive by New Zealand standards, but I just want to tell you that a month's supply of this medication in the U.S. cost about $800. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and I know that because every time you fill a prescription at the pharmacy, you get a little a, a little printout that says this medication cost $2,500. We paid <laughs> your insurance paid, you know, one you know, $1,980. Mm. You owe this much. Um Do you think they're just saying that though, Adam, to make it seem like a bargain that you've got the insurance? It, it can't be made up it, because it, it, they can't just make up the numbers like it's, okay. you know, 
it, you know, why is I it mean, so much more expensive then? Then is it is that a, is it is the US ripping people off, or is New Zealand just such a bargain? Why is it why is there such a difference in price? I think the US subsidizes the rest of the world's drug costs in some ways because the drug companies make so much more profit on each you know pill that they sell in the US. That's just kind of always how it's been. Mm. So. I don't think New Zealand is doing anything unique or strange. I mean, there's virtually the entire rest of the world negotiates drug prices. It's just the U.S. is a market-driven system, and by and large, the free market has control. I think they just recently authorized in the U.S. drug price negotiations for Medicare, which is 65 and older. You know, that's the the federal uh, social insurance system for older people. Mm. But that's it. In fact, they were specifically prohibited by law from negotiating drug prices. Even crazier is every individual hospital and healthcare system in the U.S. does their own drug price negotiations. Eva knows this because she's worked in hospitals, pharmacies her whole career. So one hospital could be, with a larger population, might be negotiating a, a price for a drug that's you know less than what a smaller hospital would charge for the exact same drug. It's a it's it's a wildly disjointed, incomprehensible system. Mm. Uh, so, whereas here, the, the price is the price, no matter where you go. So tell me this then, having been in both countries now, you've been here for a year, you lived all, all your life over there, and you've obviously spent a lot of time in hospitals and in doctor's surgeries and things like that. Well, this is, what's it, is there a difference? Do you just think, oh, it's much better and it's much more flash in the US, they've got much more higher technology things, you know, or do you think they're the same? Or how do you feel about the whole healthcare experience comparing both countries? So, okay, so there's a bit, after living here, there's there's pros and cons to, to each. In the US, you have access pretty much to, you know, to almost everything. You'll find that the you know the um, formulary, which is the you know the the national formulary, those are the drugs that are allowed into the country. There's a, an agency called MedSafe that's kind of like the FDA. They're the ones who determine whether a drug is safe and you know effective. So the first thing that has to happen is MedSafe has to approve a drug before it can be sold in New Zealand, and then Pharmac is the agency that comes in and negotiates the price of if we're going to fund it or if we're not going to fund it. So there are certain drugs like cancer drugs, from what I understand. That might be MedSafe approved, but aren't funded by Pharmac, which means that you could potentially be in a position as a cancer patient where a drug is available but not funded, and the patient would have to come up with a lot of money to figure out how to do it. Now, this is kind of where private health insurance might come into play. Mm. Um, I don't think it's super common for people to have private health insurance here, but it is an option. And the private health insurance plans will kick in where the social health insurance doesn't. It's not cheap, but it's very cheap in comparison to what US health insurance policies cost. So for example, I gave you that that example earlier, the, my wife's health insurance would have cost us $2,600 a month. Mm-hmm. We talked with an agent about, we were looking at some really rich policies that would end up costing $1,500 to $2,000 per person per year. Say that again, year. how much? Say it again. If it depends on the policy, but yeah. we were looking at roughly for a, a very full, full policy, 1500 to 2000 New Zealand dollars for the entire year of cover. For both of you? 
No, per person. A person. It, it came it came out to about, you know, about six thousand fifty-five, six thousand for the if we want the entire family covered. Right. Okay. That's um, not as much as I thought it would be, to be honest. I thought it would be a lot more than that. Yeah, it's not. You know, and again, coming from a perspective where, you know, one month can cost you twenty six hundred dollars, this is yeah. it seems like nothing. So are you gonna so, go for it or not? Sorry if that's a private it, it's, question. It's a, <laughs> it's it's a it's on our radar. It's, it's on your our, radar. It's right. on our radar. Yeah. Okay. So I, I can tell you just recently, I was having this recurrent sinus infection. The doctor got me all fixed up with some antibiotics that worked great, but he wanted to rule out because it's been recurrent. He wanted to rule out the like a sinus disease. So he referred me to the radiology at the hospital for a CT scan of my sinuses. The first thing he asked me was, do you have private health cover? I said, no. Uh, why? And he said, well, you could be seen faster if you have private health cover. I said, how long will it take to be seen at the hospital? And he said, it would be, if you have to wait, it will be months, not years. <laughs> right. Um, it ended up taking like three to four weeks for me to be seen at the hospital. Now, I could have gone to a private radiology clinic in town. They do CT scans on a walk-in basis. You don't even need to make an appointment. If I had private health cover, it would have been covered 100% funded by the health, private health, I wouldn't have anything to pay. If I wanted to self-fund, pay out of pocket myself, it would have cost a little over 500 New Zealand dollars. Mm. I don't know, honestly, how much CT scans cost in the US. I would venture a guess that it's way more expensive than $500. It wasn't urgent though. I didn't have a pressing need to pay for it. I waited my you know three or four weeks and I got a call. Okay, we're, you've got an appointment set up. They don't actually call you to make an appointment. They just sort of say, this is your slot, <laughs> which is a big difference too. I think that that's, uh, I, you know, if you can't make it, I'm sure you can call them and work with them on it. But it's, it is a bit strange for them to, from an American perspective where everything is sort of service oriented that they yeah. just say, no, this is when you'll come in for your CT yeah. scan. In America, do they just turn up with like a bunch of flowers and go, hey, good morning. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think it's like that. <laughs> But but I want to I want to make a point here because there's there's a lot of people in the U.S. that say oh the waiting lists you know they talk about they you know people that disparage public health care systems they talk about the waiting lists. What well, New Zealand you know, are you talking about now? I'm talking about in the U.S. There's oh, people the US. that you know people that are concerned about you know that's one of the the primary criticisms of a social health care system is that you know you have to wait. And there's truth to there's truth to that, but I think that the you know having private health cover also really mitigates a lot of that concern because it's not terribly expensive. You know, like I said, if if you have it, things are so much more accessible. I think there was a story you told one time about you know you didn't want to wait for a particular procedure, so you just went to the, the Southern Cross Hospital and just had it done the same day or something. Like it's it's. That that doesn't happen because in the U.S., in the U.S., you can still wait. You know, if you if you need to see a specialist, you could still wait for three months to see that mm -hmm. specialist. Um, it, it, the idea of being able to walk into a radiology clinic and just get an on-demand CT scan, it's very strange from the U.S. I can't imagine that ever being the case. So. You know, it's true that there's waiting lists, but you can also wait in the U.S. So I'm not sure that that's really a, a really valid um, criticism. Mm. Um, I mean, I but again, 
there's there's good and there's good and bad to both systems but i'd say on the whole it's way way better and it's way fairer and more equitable to have a system where everyone is covered and then you know if you can afford it i suppose there's that sort of new system which will allow you faster access and i can understand why people might that might ruffle some people's feathers you're thinking you know where you, people who are paying for this elite care but um, but the option exists and it really neutralizes a lot of the criticism, I think. Mm. Um, my, my, my father-in-law, he's, he had a gallbladder attack. I don't know if you remember last year, he had a, a he had a, like a semi-stroke thing and he, and it turned out that he needed his gallbladder removing. And my mum was up at the hospital and she was like, well, when can you do it? And they said, well, you know, you'll go in a waiting list and you know, it's, it's, you'll be in, you know, when it, how urgent it is, is how quickly you'll be treated. And it's been canceled twice now. A mum went up and said, look, you know, I'm going to just, I just want to pay. I just want to pay private. I'll pay whatever it takes. I just want to get him sorted because it's, you know, it's, it's a worry for them. Mm -hmm. And apparently the guy up at the hospital said to her, to be honest, it wouldn't matter if you were private, you would still be waiting because people on the private list are going to be seen again, you know, as a matter of importance before you, uh, mm -hmm. who's more urgent. So yeah, I don't know about I don't know about the whole private healthcare thing. You know, I just mm. and yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And yeah, that story that we told you about going to the the clinic for the the, the scan. You know, the on when you when they do that scan on your stomach, and I was offered, oh, you can go up to the hospital, you can wait for the hospital one to come across, or you can go private. And I said, oh, I'll go private. And it still took two weeks to come through. And I thought, well, you know, it's not like mm. being seen the next day, but yeah, it's not it's not months and months and months, but yeah, just something to yeah. note, something to note, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I will say, I mean, if if we do want to talk about, you know, the the some, I think legitimate criticisms of the system. There, there's the system here is that there's definitely a um, an access issue in more rural areas like where we live. Again, it's hard to find GPs. Um, you know, if you're a Maori indigenous person or you live out in the country. You might not have a pharmacy that's open on the weekends. You might not have a pharmacy at all. So in order to find your the drugs that, you know, it's it's interesting because in the US we talk about equity of you know access, it's based on money. Here, because if you can, if you can't afford or don't have health insurance, you can't afford healthcare. That's what our situation is in the US. Here in New Zealand, it's there's just not a doctor or a pharmacy near near enough to you. You have to drive an hour to get to where you need to go. And of course, people that in those situations are more likely to be indigenous people who live out in the country or you know people with less means so it's harder for them to access where the healthcare is mm -hmm. it's it's still an equity issue but it's a different it's different you know the 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 idea that you can have a free you know a, a public health system and still have access and equity issues was very very interesting one to learn about when we came here I, I mean, I won't go on about the UK, but just just to throw it in here, when we mm. were moving from the UK, everyone was like, oh, yeah, but the NHS, you know, you're going to miss out on that. Now, mm. do you know what? I would choose New Zealand over, from my point of view, from from England, any point, any any day mm. over the, the service that I've talked about this lots of times. But mm -hmm. yes, it was free in the UK, but I'm not joking. You were literally treated like cattle. You were like mm. in You've got yeah. one thing you're allowed to say. Don't bother telling me more than one thing. What is? It? And this is not a, a criticism of the of the GPs because I know it, you know they're, they're just doing what they have to do. But it was like so impersonal and so quick. 
And mm. now and you think, okay, all right, yes, I'm paying $70 or whatever it is to see them, but I can sit there for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever it is, whatever it takes. Mm. And I would much rather have that. So yeah, I just wanted to, th- I know we're not talking about yeah. it. Uh, just just give you well, now i know that at our clinic and you know every gp clinic is different each one is a private business that runs things themselves so it, it, it i don't know this wouldn't necessarily carry over but i know at our clinic um it's a you're, you're booking a 15 minute slot and if you go over there's a little check mark on the form that the that the physician can tick that says it's an extra long appointment and then you get it there's a surcharge so we, yes. i you know i've had I've had them tick the box before where, you know, and then it, instead of $58, it's about 75, which yeah. is what I would have paid for, you know, but, but yeah, I, I, I don't ever feel rushed and there's been plenty of times we've been sure we've gone over the 15 minutes a little bit and they don't tick the, the box to charge us extra. Um, can but, we just talk, um, Adam, can we just talk, because I know you're, you're going to be rushing to pick up Maymay in a little while. So I just want to get this, this, I, I, I okay. really want you to tell me this story. Because yes. uh, you've just had a recent uh, hospital experience, haven't you? An ambulance. And I did. Like Tell me all about Very it. Very exciting. Okay. Well, I was mowing the lawns a couple of months ago. I waited until, you know, the sun had gone. It was, the, you know, it's the summer here in, um, in uh, New Zealand. And uh, it was hot during the day. And I waited until the evening. The sun had gone down. It was a bit cooler to do the lawn mowing. And the way, so the windows in New Zealand they're hinged at the top and they push out. That's kind of a standard, the way standard windows work here, different from the US, they kind of slide up and down in the frame. So that means if you're not careful (laughs) and you're walking around the perimeter of your house, let's say mowing your lawn and looking down at your feet while you're doing it, um, those window pane, those open window panes are right at scalp level. And, I walked right into one uh, and I don't know if you've, I don't want to get too graphic here, but scalp lacerations, it's just by their nature are very, uh, are gushing. Mm. Um, And uh, (laughs) it it was, uh, so we didn't just want to, (laughs) we didn't just want to go to sleep. You know, I didn't want to go to sleep with a head wound, obviously. So uh, our little girl was asleep, so Eva had to stay at home. I, you know, I didn't want to hurt, wake up our little girl, uh, but I knew I needed to be treated. So we called 111, which is, you know, the equivalent of 911 here. Um, called for an amb- The first thing they say is police, fire, or, am- or ambulance. I said ambulance. And I would say within, I don't know, five minutes, there was an ambulance and medics uh, who examined uh, who examined my head Uh they said it's superficial. It's not that bad. Um, uh, you can either go to the hospital yourself or uh, we can take you. And I, you know, knowing that I didn't want to be standing there with a compress on my head and driving the steering wheel because yeah. we needed to stay home with our little girl. I said, please, can you please take me to the hospital? And they said, okay, no problem. So I had my, the first ambulance ride I've ever had in my life. Um, they were, uh, you know, they were giving me cold compresses on my head, uh, took me to the hospital. Um, and uh, the first, the only form that they had me fill out was an ACC form. Now, ACC stands for what? Uh, Accident Compensation Corporation, I think. It's an insurance, it's a national insurance scheme in New Zealand that covers 
anything that's considered an accident, it, it, it helps you, it eliminates or it subsidizes the cost of anything that's an accident. And that's whether you have qualified for healthcare or not. You can be a visitor to New Zealand. If you're in an accident, ACC will kick in. Um, and anything at the hospital is free. The ambulance ride, which ordinarily I think would be about $90, the ambulance ride is free. And by the way, $90 for an ambulance ride by US standards is also nothing. I mean, people can be charged thousands for an ambulance ride. Um, but yeah, the ambulance ride was free because again, this was an accident. Um, I, I waited in the ER again, this is probably about, you know, eight 30 or nine o'clock at night that I got there. Um, I was out by 10 30. Um, I had been, I was seen by a doctor. I, was, I mean, it's, I was fortunate it wasn't busy. Uh, there were a couple of parties ahead of me, but, um, yeah, I just waited. I was seen by, uh, by a doctor. Um, he stitched me up. I got three stitches in my scalp. Um, he gave me instructions on how to how to treat it. He said, "See your GP for a follow up in um, seven days," and and that was it. Uh, and then I got I, they called me a taxi uh, to take me home. So, um, so did you have any brain scans or anything like that, or just it wasn't anything like that. They said it was very superficial, uh, like the you know like the medics on the ambulance said. Um, I didn't. It was it looked a lot worse than it was. Mm. So, um, you know, fortunately, scary though, isn't it? when you see blood coming out of your head, that's really scary. Yeah. It's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Uh, but not uncommon. There are some nurses like Katie B on the said, yeah, that's, that's just what they are. <laughs> it's not anything that you need to be that concerned about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I got all stitched up and saw the GP, by the way, the nurse called me, uh, the next day, my, the nurse at my GP clinic called me the next day to check up on me and see how everything was going. Oh, that's nice. Um, so the, yeah, so the hospital communicated with my GP. Um, and then when I saw the GP for the follow-up a week later, with the ACC subsidy, my visit instead of 58, I think was $30. Right. Um, and then when I had the stitches removed uh, about like a week later, it was uh, that was also by a nurse at the GP. And I think that cost 15. Right. You know, so... so pretty 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 you got away lightly didn't you yeah yeah i mean the did you finish the the class or not (laughs) eventually (laughs) i hope you went back and did it (laughs) i'm extra careful about closing the windows now before i walk and you some of them are at toddler height too so it's it's pretty terrifying and you know the, the corners on those windows can be really sharp too so we're we're a bit paranoid now about making sure we, if we if we build our own house in the future, there's going to be a hedge around the perimeter so that any open windows. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that actually, but they do. They push our windows push out too. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah, but overall, it was a it was an interesting and experience. I can't say it was painless, but it was um, yeah, it was a really good education on how the system works here. And I want to repeat. No, no bills at all from the hospital. Mm. Nothing, mm. nothing. When you're seen at the hospital, it's just part of the health cover. Um, so Adam, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but from what I can tell, you've had lots of experience with the, the New Zealand health system and it's been, it's been all very been positive, hasn't it? You know, your little girl was. Gen- yeah. Yeah. yeah generally, generally, generally it's been really positive. The, the parts that concern me are more, the, there's less focus on preventative screenings. And I think that's probably due to resources. Um, 
for example, in the US, I would be, I'm like, they, I think they lowered the um, colon cancer screening age to 45 now. So in the US, I would be recommended to have all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, here in New Zealand, they don't do that. They, they recommend, if, if you have a family history of colon cancers, they'll do it early. Um, or if you've had any, you know, cancers in the past, you know, can related cancers in the past, they'll do it. But otherwise, there's no colon cancer screenings until you're, I think, late 60s, um, which is a bit scary. I've had, you know, I had a friend who died at, at 59 from colon cancer. Um, Can you pay so, privately? Can you just say, oh, I'll just yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So here's how it works. So, yes, you can go and pay for it privately. It's not cheap. I mean, we're, we're talking, it'll be a few thousand dollars. I think they're like, maybe, I think they average at about 3000 New Zealand dollars again, which I'm sure is super cheap compared with the U S but, um, but it's expensive. Now you can say, Oh, what about private health cover? Mm. That's a good question, Adam. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so you, Adam. Uh, cause I, cause <laughs> I investigated private health cover, uh, for this particular thing. Um, it doesn't work that way because in the U S everything is private health insurance and you would just see a specialist that's on your insurance network and they would do the thing here. You still have to have a referral from your GP and the GP is not going to refer you if you don't meet that criteria of being, you know, of having, uh, you know, cancer in your family or Got it. Right, okay. right age for it. Yeah. So even with private health cover, the GP is not going to, refer you and oh. there, therefore the private health cover isn't going to pay for anything. Now, if you pay for it yourself, uh, let's say you do pay the $3,000, you get a colonoscopy and they find something, then everything kicks in, but right. you have to do the investigative proceed, you know, outlay of money yourself. So, um, and that would be, you know, both the, the public system and the private system would cover you at that point. Um, but it's not sort of like, um, it's not a buffet of choices like like it is in the U.S., uh, where where everything is covered. Now you know again it's it's a bit deceptive because even when you have health insurance in the U.S. from your employer, you're still paying hundreds of dollars, likely a month, and then that's not all you pay. You still have to you still might have to pay ten, twenty, thirty percent of the unfunded cost of the procedure. So it's a bit of a shell game, you know, mm -hmm. you're still paying money, you're still paying for it, but the, the charges are sort of hidden and, you know, tucked into your, your paycheck premiums that have been, you know, deducted and things like that. So I, you know, I'm not entirely sure it is really what you, what you think it is. Um, so, um, yeah, cause you tend to think, oh yeah, if you've got private healthcare, you know, everything will just be covered. Wouldn't mm -hmm. you? you know, like well, that's it. And I, I'd like to touch on this going, just circling back to my diabetes. I mentioned uh, diabetics that are watching this will know um, there's a technology called continuous glucose monitors, which is a sensor you wear in your abdomen. You change it out every 10 days. Mine, I change out every 10 days. And it's a critical component to modern diabetes therapy because it helps to automatically regulate blood sugars without your input. Uh, it, it limits the need for the, the diabetic to constantly manage their diabetes like you would if you were just taking injections without this monitor that's monitoring your blood sugar 24 hours a day. Mm. So um, that's not funded yet in New Zealand. And 
it's going to be funded soon. There was just a release from Pharmax saying that they've they, they're sort of in their last stages of getting proposals from the companies that sell that technology here. So things do seem to be going in the right direction. Australia funded it last year. It's been funded in the UK for many years. Um, so New Zealand, as always, is kind of the straggler. <laughs> but they they have Pharmac has finally you know acknowledged it's an essential uh, therapy. But it's not funded yet, and I I ran out just a few months ago of the supplies I brought from the U.S. So I did have to pay. Uh, it's about twelve hundred dollars for a ninety day supply of these sensors. Ooh, um, right. Yeah, that's that's the greatest expense. And again, because it's because it's not funded. Here. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it were funded, I mean, I don't know if 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 they're going if Pharmac is going to develop, you know, a special scheme. I think in Australia, Australians still have to pay a certain percentage every month of their sensors. Um, you know, New Zealand's by comparison is very generous, uh, but we don't know until we know. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it, that that'll be saving us, you know, four hundred dollars a month if potentially when that's finally funded by Pharmac. But in that's the meantime, lot, we're, isn't it? It's a lot, but it's also essential. So, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's not something you can just think, oh, well, we'll just go without that this month. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say to you, um, because, yeah, uh, again, people's concerns, especially Americans' concerns coming over to New Zealand, they all they all will often say, I need that brand of medicine. Like, you know, that's the one that oh. I've always used. And what if I get to New Zealand and I can't get that brand? Can you just talk about that for a minute? Well, that's a valid concern. Uh, so... Um, one of the things that you notice when you first come here is that the brands tend to be completely different. The brands of everything. You, there are no recognizable stores at the mall. I mean, aside from, you know, the, the odd American fast food place, the stores are all different. The products are generally all different um, from the, you know, the detergent to the breakfast cereals to the, uh, the you know, if, if you're used to buying your, you know, your your blue jeans from Banana Republic, you have to find a new place to buy your blue jeans because that it just doesn't exist here. There's no Apple stores here. There's just not a lot of stuff. There tend to be more Australian brands than North American brands. So you have to get used to that. Now, of course, you know, prescription drugs are kind of a different thing. Um, you are, of course, bound by whatever the formulary is. And not everything is available, but there's generally equivalents. Um, so, you know, if, if, you know, I had a, an, uh, an ointment for eczema that's not available here, um, over the counter drugs is kind of a, is a whole other issue because there's, we have run into issues where, um, you know, this, we've had this cough and the sinus infection and they sell, uh, dry cough medications. It's basically all fulcodine which isn't a drug that's used in the US really for anything, and it's not particularly effective. Um, and false, in case anyone wants to look it up, it's P-H-O-L-C-O-D, what is it? E-I-N-E, codeine. I think I might've switched the E and the I. But um, the drug generally that you would get in the US is dextromethorphan. And I went to many, many different pharmacies. I was told by pharmacists, oh, it doesn't exist in New Zealand. I found it at Bargain Chemist. <laughs> they had a bottle behind the pharmacy counter, um, and it's worked great. <laughs> not a not a brand, just one. But I know I should stock no. up on it. <laughs> I should stock up on it. Um, 
yeah, yeah. So it's a bit, it, it sometimes it can be a bit tricky. You know, I was told by pharmacists it's just not sold in New Zealand anymore, and then I found it. So who knows what the real what the real picture is. Um, for women that sub, you know, that suffer from menstrual cramps, uh, Midol is not here. Mm. Um, so Midol is a super common brand. It's one of the only thing, you know, some women swear by Midol is the only thing that works. It's a, it's a cocktail of, um, acetaminophen, which is, you know, uh, Panadol, uh, I forget what the drug name is called here, but it's the same, same drug. Um, so it's, uh, caffeine and an antihistamine and that cocktail of three things just really seems to work um so we just made our own <laughs> we got we got the panadol we got some real kiwi now <laughs> DIY. Kiwi that. <laughs> i mean i do have a pharmacist for a wife so it's yeah, true. You're right. but, um yeah so uh, yeah so we just got the the individual components and and made it ourselves we had a no dose caffeine tablet and a thousand mils of, you know, Panadol and a little antihistamine tablet, six hour antihistamine tablet. And it worked. So just switch hey. it down with a cup of coffee or a good. Just- <laughs> <laughs> you know what will happen now, though, because this has always happens when you move to another country and you've made this lovely little concoction of this, this drug that works is you will always want it to be that way. So when you go back to the US, you're going to be like, I don't want that. I've got my own little, my, my Kiwi little thing. You know, it's just, that's always the way. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so, yeah. So um, let's see. Are, I'm trying to think, are, are there any other stories here that? Yeah, well, um, I was just going to say, the one thing I just want to ask you, which is, like I said to you before, you know, well, two things, actually. First of all, just answer me this, because I don't think I got, I got, I didn't answer you, uh, ask you qu- properly, but I always think, and I know this is what you're going to laugh when you hear this, but I always think when I lived in the UK, Madonna, right, got pregnant and she said in on the in the papers, you know, because obviously everything in the papers is true. She said in the papers, there's no way I'm having my baby in England. I am going to the US. Nothing exceeds the US healthcare system. Now, that's what I meant when I said to you, you've been in both now. And some people, and I I don't mean to be like rude or anything, but they they imagine New Zealand to be set, the doctors to be set up in the cow shed, you know, with the the doctor walking in in their gum boots and like, you know, go take a swill of that if you don't feel too. I'm I'm sure that they, I I pick up on those vibes sometimes. I'm like, you know, we are actually, you know, quite advanced here in New Zealand. So just speak to, speak to me about that for a minute. Just the, 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 for those people. Okay. So, um, so here in Tabnaki, the, the hospital is under some major construction. They're building a whole gigantic new wing of the hospital because the existing part of the hospital is getting pretty decrepit. I mean, it's probably in the from the 1950s. Um, the maternity ward is in kind of a really sort of war-torn. Say it's a cow shed. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a cow shed, but it certainly it certainly isn't. Uh, you know, there's there's you know, chipped paint and, you know, ceiling tiles that are, look like they're falling out. It is a bit, uh, shabby. You know, shabby. It is yeah. a bit shabby. I mean, like I said, they're in the process of building essentially an entirely new hospital. So there's going to be, you know, this isn't permanent. Um, but, you know, people still are and have been, um, you know, going to the hospital under these circumstances for a while now. So it's, it's greatly needed. Um, 
you know, my my wife, when she had our baby, we had our own private room in a room that was kind of set up a little bit to look like a, a little hotel room. Um, th- there was an effort on making the, you know, making the mother comfortable. Um, so, uh, that, I mean, that is a big difference. Um, I will also say now that I know how the health system here works, um, we had a whole bunch of um, tests done, um, genetic tests, and you know they, uh, you know, to ensure the health of our little girl while she was still in inside Eva's belly. And I'm not sure how much of that we'd be able to do here, um, or how much would be av- how much of those um, genetic screenings and things would be available. And that does cause us a bit of concern. You know, I mean, we're both older parents too. We're not, I don't think we're thinking about having another child, but um, but it is a bit of, of a concern. Um, you know, we, we had a scare with our little girl. Um, there was a, a radiologist did a scan, uh, an ultrasound and diagnosed a, a potential defect, um, which was just due to the bad scan and his reading of the bad scan. Um, we ended up having an amniocentesis that confirmed that she was healthy and it wasn't an, it wasn't an issue. But, you know, that puts a lot of fear in in a parent of of a newborn. And again, because we're older, we don't know. Anyway, it's I'm going on. I'm going on a lot here, but I, I don't know how much of those resources would be available to us here. Certainly, I don't know how much would be funded publicly because you can't really there, there's a certain limit to what you can do. And, and there's a certain limit to what is considered medically reasonable. And again, it's because we're in a public system and a public system has limited resources and we need to put the resources where they're most vital and can be most efficiently used. Um, so that's not giving, you know, concerned parents that probably have a healthy child all the resources that someone yeah. who is at risk might need. Mm. Um, in the U.S., everything is profit-driven. So sure, have another procedure. Your insurance yeah. is going to cover it. Let's do it. Exactly. The, the, the incent- the, the, if there's a financial incentive there to do as much as possible. And, you know, which can work for the parents, um, you know, too, in this particular case, because it put our minds at ease. Um, but, um, yeah, I, so I, I do I do have to say there's we would be a bit concerned about that. Um, again, it's also due to our age. You know, we're both over forty. In my case, significantly over forty. So you look, okay, you look really young. I can't. Be- I couldn't believe it when you told me you look about thirty-five. What's your secret? Well, uh, uh, oh, it's all that coffee you keep drinking, swelling down those drugs with that coffee, isn't it? <laughs> those period cramp drugs yeah, that you take. Yeah, say <laughs> healthy living with diabetes and <laughs> coming to New Zealand. What, yeah. what else can I say? No, you um, look great. You look great. Uh, that's very kind. <laughs> oh, Adam, can I just ask As do you? <laughs> can I just ask you because I know that, like I say, we're pushed for time. Um, do you feel you know you've moved to New, you've moved from the from the US over to New Zealand, and you of all people had had things to worry about because you are you know you're dependent on your drugs. Do you feel now you've been living in New Zealand for a year? Do you mm-hmm. feel safe? Do you feel looked after? Do you feel yeah? basically. Well, okay. So now, I mean, if there were hurdles certainly to get established, but now that I'm established, everything just works really well. Uh, and particularly with my diabetes, you know, I'm not, I never have to, you know, again, I go to the pharmacy every 90 days, get all my meds, 
my insulin pump supplies it's it's all you know it's no it's no big deal it's all set up and established and and we're good um there was that unknowable part at the beginning where you don't know how long it's going to take to get established or what the process is and that's what i was hoping to help with our conversation people put people who have these you know chronic diseases at a bit of ease so they understand the process and how it works because i mean whether you have diabetes or some other chronic condition the pattern is going to be the same. You're going to, you have to establish with a GP, the GP is going to refer you out. You're going to go to the hospital service. You're like, all that stuff is going to be the same, no matter, no matter what. Um, and you're going to pay, you're going to pay the GP, but you're probably not going to pay for anything else. So um, most people can be put at ease. I, you can look up the New Zealand formulary, I believe online. So if anybody has any questions about whether or not their drugs are available here, um, I highly encourage people to look them up themselves or, you know what, call your friendly uh, Kiwi pharmacy. Um, yes. Yeah. Just just call and talk to a pharmacist and say, look, this is my situation. I'm coming from this country and I just want to know I have this disease and I just want to know if these drugs are available. And mm. they'll more than likely be very happy to, to to answer those questions for you. Or again, call the diabetes service or or whatever the, the relevant clinic at the hospital is and talk with somebody there. Um, I found that Kiwis are very, very eager to, to help. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really good advice. That's really good advice. Mm-hmm. So before I let you go, is there anything that I haven't asked you or you want to just add, you know, that you think is, you've been so helpful, by the way, Adam, this has been such oh, an incredibly sure. helpful conversation. It really sure. is. Um, I don't know. Did you want to touch on dental? We could kind of speed through that. Yeah, um, just as long because it's 20 to one. So I just don't know how you are for time. Because I know uh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. You're okay. Uh, so okay. So basically, so the thing with dental, as we talked about earlier. So um, medical for children is free, thirteen and under. And by the way, at, at fourteen, it start. I mean, it costs. I think at our clinic, like I think it's like fifteen dollars to see a doctor. So it kind of ramps up based on age, the, mm-hmm. how much you pay for your your GP visits. Um, still not a, not terribly expensive. Um, for the dentist. So, um, so dental is very different. Um, it kind of carries over the idea of, um, with ha- having a public health system and not having the resources to service everybody as much as I think would be ideal. Or maybe it's just that I'm, I've grown up in a culture where, you know, you get your two dental cleanings a year and yeah. you're supposed to do that for your your whole life you know again because it's profit driven so you want to yes you want to have clean and healthy teeth but also you know people get paid (laughs) people get paid there's a financial incentive to drive that um here uh there's limited resources for dental so children are fully covered uh at one one visit per year um, in Tananaki, I'm not sure how it works elsewhere, but there's these little community dental clinics. Um, you, you do have to call to enroll your child in, what is it called? There's, there's a service called, um, it's called happy teeth or some, something along those lines. You can, you can, if you do have young children that are coming to New Zealand, you can call the Plunkett line. Plunkett is, is, a uh, it's a nurse service that a, a free call to a nurse is part of the healthcare system. They'll help you with any kids five and under. They'll answer all your questions and be able to refer you out wherever you need to go. That's how I found out about this. But basically, there's there's these community oral health clinics all over. Um, 
that they'll schedule in for an appointment once a year. Ordinarily, they'll just send you a postcard in the mail, like, you know, and say, show up at this time. <laughs> but um, but generally, uh, if you have a problem or something, May May had a had the tooth pain. She had a sinus infection, and I think it was manifesting as tooth pain. So she didn't have any tooth decay or anything, but we didn't know that. So we took her to the uh, oral, the, the community clinic um, she was seen on the same day. I don't know how common that is. I think we might have gotten lucky. But um, she was seen on the same day. Uh, they checked her out and gave her a clean bill of health. And that was it. Okay, we're, we're good for another year. Um, I'm not sure that I felt comfortable with that because she didn't have a dent. She was just had an exam. She didn't have a cleaning. Um, so we did find a pediatric dentist that uh who does family dental work too so we figured we'll just go as a family get our teeth cleaned and maybe can get her her cleaning too um they're not common though pediatric dentists are not common because most most pediatric dentistry is done for free either at schools or at the community clinics and so there's not a big market for it you know kiwis don't prioritize dental the same way i think as we do in america um so we gave so we but you know, we want to be sure that our little girl has healthy teeth. And we went down and um, one of the first things that the dentist told us was that there's, it's so good to see a healthy, a child with healthy teeth because she's a private dentist. She's, but she gets referrals from the public system mostly. Uh, so she's working on children that have real problems. Right. Uh, I mean, she's not, you You know, because if you're referred from the community clinic, it's going to be a free visit. It's going to be a funded visit. Um, there's, I don't think there's very many people that just go in as self-pay patients to, to dentists here. They tend to go if it, there's a problem or mm. if there's, you know, you've got a painful tooth. So, um, whereas in the U S we get cleanings generally twice a year, if you have dental insurance cover and that's, that's free. Um, it was pretty pricey. I think we, we paid for a full dental cleaning and x-rays per adult. It, I think it was about $260 New Zealand. So, um, and May May's exam, including x-rays was I think 130. Right. So, you know, it's, it was, it was pricey. Um, so, so what, how much was it? $260 for a clean and, a, and, and to be seen. And, and x-rays. Yeah. I don't think that's that bad. I don't yeah. think that's that bad actually, Adam. Yeah. 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 I mean, next, you know, you know, in the U.S., you would pay dental insurance premiums. It would be deducted from your paycheck and you're probably going to end up paying five or six hundred dollars a year for a family for dental insurance anyway. So whether you pay for it out of insurance or you pay it directly to the dentist, this is, again, one of those things where I feel like it's it's kind of a wash. Because even if you have dental insurance in the U.S., if you need additional work, fillings or crowns you pay for that the, the insurance pays very little um so it's really kind of i don't think that there's the, the savings that people in america might think there is um uh, you know once you take the you know the insurance premiums into account mm. so um yeah so and the next time we're seeing we won't need x-rays and the, the cost will be about 150 per adult right. i think for a yeah. cleaning and a polish yeah. Um, so, um, but, you know, we, so if we want to keep, and, and she did, the dentist did tell us, you know, my, my mouth is healthy. She said, I can see you every year. Um, 
as opposed to you know every six months for does that for feel weird for you though when you've it been does yeah 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 it does americans feel have all got nice teeth haven't they i always notice that about americans they've always got nice teeth that's why yeah <laughs> because yeah. Her, we're you know but if you didn't have the money you wouldn't be able to afford it would you if you didn't have a job that was paying for it then you know yeah, yeah. No. there's probably a lot of people in that situation that just yeah. deal with i know it, growing you know, up Growing up in the UK, we were only seen, I think that was, again, school dentists used to come round and sit you in the chair and just like, you know, talk to you <laughs> once a year. And um, yeah, so when we came yeah. here, you know, like both my kids have only ever been seen, like you say, they go along to that, or they used to go along to that little community and a uh, little health thing there, the dentist there, and they were always really lovely. But yeah, they only got seen once a year, I must admit. But I was touch wood, they were lucky enough not to have any any tooth problems, but yeah. Goodness knows how the amount of ice creams and stuff they eat. Yeah. <laughs> I know, believe me. I know. That's the other thing. With a sweet tooth. Like, yeah. But we, I mean, I think we'll feel comfortable with her going to the community dental clinic, uh, you know, for one visit. And then six months later, we can take her to the to the dentist. Yeah. You know? And then we're, we're only paying for it once a year. Um, and uh, we're still getting in those six, those six monthly visits. Yeah. I, and She's probably right. I've I have a history of good teeth. I can probably get away with going once a year. Mm-hmm. Um, Eva, on the other hand, has generally needed more dental care than I have through our our, our life. So we'll, we'll have to figure out. Um, we did look into private health cover for dental. Um, wasn't really recommended though because it's expensive and it it the the insurance broker told us it's, it generally tends to be a wash with mm-hmm. the premium you pay versus the for the insurance policy versus what you would pay to the dentist. Right. Um, so it's not worth yeah. it then. Not worth it. It's generally not worth getting dental cover uh, here because it's expensive and tends to, you know, you tend to pay the same for it. I suppose if you had a situation where you needed lots and lots of dental work and it wasn't, you know, a pre-existing condition when you bought the policy, mm. uh, it might it might pay out. But uh, but otherwise, in general, it, they said it's not really a good, uh, you know, worthwhile to get. Well, Adam, this has just been so informative. You've just been super, super helpful. And I'm sure anyone listening to this is just like, oh, thank goodness. Thank you. Because as you said, you know, it, it, it when you're coming over, all these little questions that you want to ask and just, you know, as much as you can find out a glut of information, you just want someone who's done it. You know, you just want someone mm. who's been in it. And that person, my friend, is you. <laughs> <laughs> well, lawn, if anybody... In your if anyone has questions, they can reach out to me on the on the uh, the private Slack group. I'm happy to help, especially fellow diabetics. I'm I someone reached out to me recently. I'm really happy to help uh, yeah. people with um, navigate that sometimes convoluted and scary pathway. Yeah, and I just want to say that as well. You, you like I say, you're a member of our private community, and you have you're so great. Honestly, you're brilliant. I always look on your, your chats and everything and everyone's just like asking these questions and you always give these big, long, in-depth answers. And it's just, you don't know how helpful that is. It's just, it's really, really reassuring and helpful. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Sure. Yeah. It's my pleasure. And thank you for chatting with me today. Of course. Always lovely, Liz. Okay, Adam. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. We have loved having you here with us. If you love this week's show, please share this with your friends. Send it to anybody you know that wants to think about moving to New Zealand and get on over here yourself. And tell them how brilliant it is as well. And also, if you haven't signed up for our free five-day video guide showing you what life is like, really like, in New Zealand, then go over to the website and sign up. You are missing out. This is brilliant. Go over to www.nzahead/free and we will send you five days worth of videos about what life is like in New Zealand. You are going to love it. So one more time, that website that you need to sign up for the free five-day guide is www.nzahead/free. So we're going to see you next week. Until then, have a great week and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Say bye again. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.